lecture seven part two of christian patience by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture seven on patience as the perfecter of our daily duties part two what has been said of work whether mental or manual is equally applicable to persons their interruptions interferences and meddlings are often trying to human nature and require the patient management of the will to save us from inward perturbation when unexpectedly interrupted in matters of gravity or in which we are interested we require no little patience to save us from being internally annoyed and vexed and to be thus suddenly called off from one thing to another or from one unfinished duty to another is often trying to an undisciplined temper there are few greater proofs of a well-disciplined interior than to be able to break off at any time with cheerfulness from one duty and turn with equal cheerfulness to another however unexpected the interruption may be it is an effect of that detachment of will that comes of patient charity the management of affairs embraces the prudent guidance both of persons and of things so as to keep right order in things and observe justice to all persons concerned in them but to establish right order in things confused and to keep right order in things that tend by their nature or through human negligence to disorder demands much patience as well as judgment where affairs are complicated or obscure to the mind owing to want of information impatient haste will only augment the difficulty and prudent delay will bring them sooner to an end whilst consultation will greatly contribute to their elucidation for when we have recourse to consultation it is not only the light we obtain from others that helps us to see more clearly but the greater light we elicit from our own minds by speaking the subject out than we are able to get from merely revolving it within the mind whenever the interests of others are mixed with our own unless patience is there to withhold the mind from selfish motives and restrain the will from selfish emotions justice can scarcely be fairly dealt to all concerned the same interior rule will hold good in the distribution of kindness and attention to those who have claims on our encouragement patience must withhold the will from all preoccupations prejudices and preferences of favoritism lord bacon has wisely said that patience and grave hearing are essential to justice when a superior has to deal with accusations or complaints the first thing to be done is to put the mind in a judicial position so as to hear the statements on both sides with a mind divested of all colour and bias and thus take a purely objective view of the case until the matter is investigated and the facts are made clear this is the patient charity of justice which acts not from passion but from reason and makes large allowances for human limitations and weaknesses where there is an absence of malice and scandal 
for mercy should ever be exalted above judgment where the heart is submissive to authority that our offices of kindness and charity may have all their sweetness beauty and consolation they must proceed with direct simplicity from the love of god in the heart the love of god is the most earnest and practical of all things and when it is devoted with sincerity to the service of our neighbours it places us in a sublime position that has more of heaven than of earth in it and the value of our kind actions is greatly heightened by that patience which conquers every repugnance in our own nature in its principle the love of god embraces the love of all mankind in practice it embraces all with whom we come in contact and whom therefore we call our neighbours but its most fruitful exercise is towards those who owing to their ignorance sufferings or distress stand most in need of our loving help god loves each and every soul with an eternal love so great that he has constituted himself the supreme object of their love and happiness and when with great cruelty to themselves they seek not their happiness in him he still continues to be to them the sovereign good that they ought to seek then what nobler charity can there be than to help their return to their sovereign good god is patient with all souls and good to all souls and we enter into his charity when we imitate his patient love towards all that come within our sphere of action by nature our affections are attracted to some persons are indifferent to others and are drawn back with dislike and repulsion from others often on slender grounds but our divine lord makes his gift of charity as expansive as his own that it may embrace every creature that he loves and for whom he died that the gift of charity may be extended to all he has added to it the gift of patience that by its aid we may conquer every repugnance that might otherwise rise up in our nature to hinder the expanse of charity and that through patience we may carry our charity to its full extent and raise it to its most ennobling height he has given us this law you have heard that it has been said thou shalt love thy neighbour and hate thy enemy but i say to you love your enemies do good to them that hate you and pray for them that persecute and calumniate you that you may be the children of your father who is in heaven who maketh his son to shine upon the good and the bad and reigneth upon the just and the unjust st matthew chapter five verses forty three through forty five but this law of supernatural charity invites us to a triple conquest and a triple triumph over the hardness of our nature a conquest by endurance over the wrongs inflicted upon us a conquest by patience over the repugnances of our nature and a conquest by generous love over those enmities of nature which contract the heart that it may expand in charity to those who love us not that this sublime love which raises the soul to god and makes us like to him 
may have its generous sway unimpeded by our irritable nature unopposed by the repugnances of pride unchecked by the loathings of self-love god has placed the strength of patience within the fervid gift of charity as the pith and marrow of this heavenly virtue that whenever nature rises with its selfish fears and disgusts against the expansion of the heart in charity patience may be ready to resist the swelling repugnances of pride and leave charity its generous sway every duty calls for more or less of care that is of attention and consideration proportionate to its nature matters of graver importance especially if they present difficulties call for solicitude that is for a wakeful and watchful attention and thoughtfulness in a mind well regulated by patience these are peaceful operations that cause no disturbance to the soul there is indeed a care and a solicitude for the things of this life against which our lord gives us solemn warning because they choke the divine seeds of life and grace implanted in the soul and reverse the due order of things which requires that we seek first the kingdom of god and his justice but this is a solicitude that belongs more to anxiety than to peaceful watchfulness of mind beware of anxiety the very sound of the word anxiety is painful next to sin there is nothing that so much troubles the mind strains the heart distresses the soul and confuses the judgment it is worthy of remark that the words anxiety and anger come from the same root they are both derived from the latin verb angere to overstrain or strangle which in its substantive form is anger which means anguish or vexation anxiety is the uneasiness and trouble of mind to which we give way because of some difficulty of which we cannot see the solution or because of some uncertainty respecting oneself or another or because of some future event of which we are uncertain it is more than uneasiness and disturbance more than solicitude and trouble it is attended with fear and perplexity and inclines the soul to sadness it has a certain paralyzing influence compressing the soul with the ligaments of fear suspense and uncertainty that impede and stifle the freedom of her powers st gregory describes it by a strong figure as strangling the throat of the mind a modern writer has described it as fright spread thinly through the soul anxiety is not in the things about which we are anxious it has its existence in a combination of passions raised up in the soul it is caused by taking our solicitudes and uncertainties into our own interior and there making them the subject of our troubled disquieted and overstrained feelings the result of this being that the mind is obscured and the heart made restless so that no clear judgment can be formed on the subject of our disquietude in some respects anxiety has a considerable resemblance to scrupulosity it produces a like obscuration of mind 
a like torturing pain of heart a like fear and suffering from uncertainty and a like troubling of the soul's peace scrupulosity is in fact one of the most painful and disturbing kinds of anxiety some persons are by nature anxious as others are by constitution scrupulous and in both cases there is a tearing and a wearing of the spiritual man and what saint gregory in a strong figure calls the strangling of the throat of the mind hence saint francis of sales has observed that anxiety is the most injurious of all things to the soul next to sin there is but one remedy for anxiety and that is by using the firm force of patience to keep the objects of our solicitude in their proper place and that place is outside of the feelings and before the mind for it is not the feelings but the mind and will that are the true judges of things when the feelings get mixed up with any subject of solicitude they turn into passions and become eager excited and restless they confuse the mind and blind the judgment we know when we are thrown into this state of anxiety through the trouble and disturbance of the soul and the obscuration and uncertainty of the mind when we find ourselves in this state of troubled uncertainty and indecision the subject of our anxiety should be dismissed altogether from the mind for a time that it may be resumed when the feelings have subsided and the mind is clear this again is the work of patience and one that requires no little firmness of will because if the eagerness curiosity fear and restlessness which stir up anxiety are not altogether suppressed it will be impossible to recover serenity of mind and tranquillity of soul then suspense itself is painful and especially when assaulted by any of the above-named passions and this again demands enduring patience but when we have obtained a calmer temper and a better control of our feelings on returning to the subject it will be for patience to keep the feelings in subjection whilst the will puts forth the attention of the mind without disturbance when things external to us are thus kept in their external and proper position outside the soul they are much more capable of being seen through understood and dealt with what is not seen through on a first consideration will be seen through on a second or on a third provided the mind is not troubled with the passions of anxiety but if difficulties still remain it is then time to have recourse to some prudent adviser who from his more independent position may be able to see into the case more clearly besides the anxieties which fret and injure souls on account of external persons and things there are but too many that have their origin in internal troubles owing to the want of interior self-discipline and of that interior patience which is the keeper of peace but for this kind of anxiety we have given rules in various parts of these lectures and they not unfrequently require obedience to a wise director 
all that we shall say further at present is this that every advancement in humility and patience removes the causes of anxiety and trouble because they all have their roots in the restless impatience of sensitive self-love st francis of sales has written so wisely on the spirit in which we should manage our affairs that nothing so good can replace his maxims he observes that the care and diligence which we owe to our duties are things very different from anxiety and eagerness our guardian angels have diligent care of us this belongs to their charity but they are not anxious they are not eager with excitement for this would interfere with their peace and happiness be careful be diligent in all that is committed to your charge god has entrusted these things to you and expects you to manage them with great care but avoid as far as possible all disquietude anxiety eagerness and hurry because these disturb the soul's peace trouble the reason and the judgment and hinder things from being well and successfully done our lord did not rebuke martha because she was diligent in his service but because she was solicitous and troubled about many things nothing done with eager excitement can ever be done well flies are not formidable by their strength but by their multitude so great affairs give us less trouble than smaller affairs when they are numerous take them up in peace and in their order one by one for if you try to take them all together or in a disorderly way they will oppress you they will dishearten you and you will do nothing that is effective and satisfactory in all your affairs and responsibilities rest wholly on the providence of god who alone can bring your plans to a happy conclusion yet do your own best in a peaceful way to follow the guidance of god's providence and then be assured that if your trust has been in god whatever success you may obtain will be all the more profitable to yourself whatever you yourself may be inclined to think of it end of lecture seven part two